Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, the largest dealership in Northern Colorado for the past 50 years. Winter is coming at some point, we think anyway. And uh, when it does, they've got a variety of great all-wheel drive vehicles available to get you around through the snow and the slush like the Camry, the Highlander, the RAV4, and the 4Runner. Stop on in to check out their large inventory and great prices, and their staff will help you find the car or truck that is right for you. If you're in the market for any new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. Believe it or not, this is our 50th episode since rekindling our podcast about what a year and a half ago michael we had talked about maybe doing something big blowing it out maybe having a, a nice big guest a sunny or a somebody somebody fun but you know what plans change when you have a bad situation in football and the administration miraculously pulls the plug when we didn't really expect it to or at least i didn't uh and they turn a bad situation into a pretty dang great hire we had the Press conference announcing Jay Norvell as the new CSU head football coach, 24th in school history. Just got done watching that. Wasn't able to get up there today because of work, but I came away very impressed. I will say in all transparency, I'm not hard to impress. I thought Adazio was captivating in his initial press conferences. Obviously that worn thin as time went on and and certainly towards the end of this year, but really anxious to get your thoughts, Mike. But um, before we actually talk about Jay as a candidate and how this all went down and some of his comments from the, the uh, press conference, I just thought it was crystal clear to me that Joe, and I've seen people dispute this on the side, but I think Joe knew exactly who he wanted before this search even started. I think he may have even known before he decided to fire Steve. I think he's probably had this on the radar. I, I, um, I posted on the message board last week that, you know, I don't think you, make this move without already knowing what you want to do, what direction you want to go. And certainly when he said, we'll have something done in seven to 10 days, and he really got it done in what, four days. Uh, So he obviously knew where he was going with this. And when he asked uh, Kevin Lytle asked him from the Colorado and asked him today, Hey, you know what, who else was involved in the search? How did you know that this was your target? And, and Joe, you know, he, he said, you know, but it's part of the confidentiality of the search firm. We don't, you know, we don't want to divulge who else was involved, but he said, we knew, very early on that uh, we knew that there was a mutual interest essentially. And uh, no way was there anything. I think this was their initial target. They went after it and they got it. You know, that Bob Stoops and Joe Parker have a pre-existing relationship. They're good friends. And I, I have no doubt that arose from previous conversations with Bob Stoops, you know, and how long ago, I don't know, but I think that there was an introduction there, or at least a mention there and planted the seed. And I, I thought, Joe was masterful in the way that he went after this. Uh, I saw that, I think it was ESPN had an article that said um, that Joyce's hands, uh, that Joyce was more heavily involved in this. I'm not sure. I mean, she made a comment in the press conference that, you know, Joe, you did a masterful job targeting this and getting it done. Uh, You got us a great coach. Um, I, I, I think that she was very heavily involved as far as what Joe said in the press conference was being creative and probably what he meant by that is in how they are financing this and financing the buyouts. Uh, she said, he said she was a great partner in that and being creative in finding solutions. So there's no doubt in my mind, that's what he was referencing. But um, I thought that was fantastic. I, I don't know if, if people thought that that wasn't the case because of the search firm uh, involvement, but I think all that search firm does is 
really help you with background checks, making sure there's no red flags that might have popped up like there were in the last the last search that we got caught off guard with um, with Butch Jones. And, you know, I, they do that and they handle the logistics of the interview and the travel, keeping all that discreet and handling, you know, the other phone calls that come in that of people that are interested. They kind of field those so that they're they're keeping their identities private as well. But I thought that the whole thing was very swift and really impressive. And you don't see a coach poached from your own conference at all. And, and especially a guy like that. And, and it, it's not lateral by any means because, because of the, the facilities, the investment, the, the finances that are involved. But I, I still thought it was just amazingly impressive. You know, I, I mentioned it last week or last Friday when we talked about the firing. To me, it felt like firing Adazio was going to happen after that Wyoming game. Uh, just kind of the, the demeanor and, and, and the way, the feeling it, at the, that Air Force game. <clears throat> and it just kind of felt like, you know, it was just over, that it was, it, that it was done. And, and unless we had a miracle those last three games, that, that CSU was going to move on. And I think that was when, like you said, and like what Joe said, he had his sights on him early. <clears throat> and it almost seems like, yeah, towards the end of the year that maybe he was knowing that he was going to make that move, that he was, was starting to write down his list of candidates. And, I mean, from everything that we've heard, you know, we, we have talked off the air, text back and forth off the air, um, that, that Norvell was his top choice, and it was his top choice early. And so I, I really think, like I said, I mean, obviously you don't approach somebody during the season especially a conference foe, but I think that he, he had that list made out probably a month ago and was ready to act on it whenever he had the chance. And whenever Dr. Uh, sorry, Joyce uh, McConnell gave him that opportunity, he pounced. And like you said, I think, I think Joyce did a great job with okaying that buyout with Adazio and okaying them the, the, to move on from a, a bad hire. And give him the okay to, to up to hire a new coach and up his salary. I mean, you look at what we're we're giving him five years, nine million dollars. You know, that's a pretty that that's a big increase from what we were doing with Adazio. I, I want to ask you this, Mike, because um, it's a very cool thing. It makes me proud of our university, and it makes me proud of the moment. And I've seen you talk about this on Ram Nation and in uh, I believe on social media, but first black head coach in our black first black football head coach in CSU history. Uh, we had a Richie McKay in basketball back in the, uh, what, early two thousands, mid two thousands. And, uh, but um, it's hard to believe that this is, this is really only the second black head coach in our university's history. And, and I know it means a lot to you particularly. Yeah. Um, you know, it is crazy whenever it was kind of formally announced yesterday, like everybody, I was just excited, you know, excited to to have this new chapter for CSU football, excited to have a new coach, excited to have somebody that that wasn't as abrasive, I'll just put it that way. And then, I mean, it was about an hour after it was initially announced that it kind of hit me, you know, that, you know, we this is a historic hire for Colorado State University. Um, 
you know, and I've talked about it, talked about it last week, talked about it last summer when, or the summer before last, um, you know, just to have somebody that doesn't look the same, like everybody that we've had, um, being as, as that head coach, you know, being a person of color myself and, and, and seeing another person who has achieved, who has, who has made it to the top, you know, it's, it's just so powerful. Um, especially in this day and age where, you know, we're still seeing so much racial inequality and, and we're, we're seeing so much, you know, resistance, so much argument, so much, you know, and, and he said it, I mean, that's how he started his press, uh, his press conferences uh, today, or, or I don't know if maybe it was whenever he's talking with, with uh, Roth about how just what happened to being nice to each other, you know, and, and just our society doesn't have that. And, and to have a powerful figure who is a black man who has, who has experienced so much racial tension, so much in, in his life, to see him at, at the top for, for CSU, it, 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 it's powerful to me and, and it means a lot to me. And, and I'm extremely excited, you know, to see what he does in not just on the field, but off the field. I thought that was um, really cool. The first thing out of his mouth, one of the three tenets that he talked about was the first thing was respect. We're going to have respect in our locker room and class. And that's one of the things we talked about, like, on our, on our website, like we understand everybody's pissed, but can we be respectful to each other and not call people clowns and idiots? And that, that's what we're a microcosm of our society in in general, you know, the social media and and Ram nation message boards as a whole, just we're exuding that in. um, But what I, what I loved about this, Mike, is you've probably seen social media. I've never seen i i've i've seen some of the worst the most uh negative nasty people who were just hating joe parker hating you know just hating on csu constantly and just saying how we were never uh, i was never gonna spend another dime with csu they've done a complete 180 and i and i there are a few out there that are still maybe questioning the hire i don't know why but everyone's entitled their own opinion but at least even those folks are not doing it in a nasty way. I think people are understanding it. Wow. This was a, this was a really good hire Ram nation. We've been a dumpster fire on our message boards for years uh, of negativity. Right. And I've yeah. never seen us so galvanized in, in a really long time, probably since the sunny days. Now, of course, you know, you gotta, you're gonna have to start winning or this is going to, you know, the honeymoon phase will be over quick, but I've never seen our board, at, le- at least in the last 10, 15 years. Well, maybe, maybe during the, the McElwain, we had a good year there where everyone was pretty on board, but it's been a long time since we've had a, at a board where 99% of us were, were excited and, and happy and speaking positively about our, our athletic department. So that that's, that's awesome. And it's clear to me when you see a guy, the way he talks, it's a galvanizing hire. It's a person that can lead a program and, and not just lead the program because as I think Adazio failed in the aspect of it's not just leading your team, but you got to inspire fans. You got to inspire the community. And 
And I think right off the bat, this guy does that. Just the way that he talked about his wife, he got choked up talking about his wife and how she's the, the most important person in his life. And, uh, and, and then he followed up with how honored and proud they were going to be to, to become a part of our community. Um, which is the other thing you never really got that sense that there was a, a, a coach that wanted to immerse himself in our community and be a part of it and be, be live here, right. Live here and be a figurehead here. Not, not just coach here. So um, I, I love that. I love, you know, it, is talking of the three tenets, the respectfulness, the accountability and hustle, and just kept it that simple. And, and uh, I, I am, I was ready to, to, uh, to suit up after I watched that. You know, to me, listening to him and really comparing it back to Mike Bobo's initial press conference. And then Steve Adazio's initial press conference, he just came in and was completely contrite he was humble, but he was also energetic. You know, we didn't get any kind of energy from Mike Bobo. I mean, none at all. He wasn't. And not, not that Jay was, is a rah-rah guy. He just exudes like confidence. Mm -hmm. And, and Mike didn't bring any of that. Um, just with his body language, I mean, Norvell even talked about, you know, seeing the kids' body language, his players' body language, and being able to read that. I mean, you could just read that from Mike Bobo that that was it was just too big of a stage for him. And then to have kind of the almost the exact opposite, somebody who wasn't humble, but was very brash and loud in Steve Adazio, and you know just what what coach Norvell brought in it just seems so genuine yeah it wasn't he wasn't selling anything he was being himself everybody's got their own style and a lot there's a lot of different styles that work I mean McElwain was not this way like McElwain was much louder and and boisterous and cliche-ish and you know making big bold predictions and even from the first night we met him and how he was going to beat CU and he actually did. Uh, <laughs> so we didn't hear that, but you definitely did see this, um, uh, like a, a humble man that is quietly confident and uh, knows what he wants to do with the program. You could tell he was genuinely humbled and, and honored to be given this opportunity. And I, I think if I was uh, a betting man, which I am, I, I would, I would bet that, that this program is going to be turned around and turned around pretty quick. And, and I think, you know, when you look at, the, the one knock on him is he's not won a championship at Nevada. And um, even this year, what did they finish with seven wins, eight wins, eight, uh, eight wins. And they had uh, a pretty dang loaded um, roster, including a number uh, first round quarterback draft pick um, most likely in Carson strong, who he, he let slip out of the bag that uh, is, is going to <laughs> declare for the draft this year. But if you can do what he did there, seven, eight wins constantly, always competing. He was always in the running for the conference championship outside of his first year. It was just, you know, they, they just couldn't get the big win, but they've had some big, had some big wins against Boise state. They, they won a lot of road games. Uh, they played an exciting brand of football. Imagine what he can do at a school. If he could do it there where they didn't have investment, they didn't have great facilities. They didn't have great fan support. They probably didn't have a great um, assistant coach pool for salary wise. They don't have an indoor practice uh, facility, which I I've seen their fans 
up in arms about on, on social media, that being a reason that Jay left. If he could do have that success there, he's got a golden opportunity here with, with what he, he brought it up. I mean, this is a CSU doesn't take a backseat to anybody in facilities, investment and desire to win championships. I, I think, and, and the biggest thing about that is, is he says, we're, we're not, it's not, we have three, he said, we have three guys going to the senior bowl this year off this one team and in the school history, they've had seven total. So these are three guys that they recruited. They've got a guy that's going to the NFL next year and Carson strong, he can recruit. And he said, it's going to be far easier to recruit in Fort Collins, you know, location, building facilities, support, you know, fans, you know, all that stuff. He said, he's going to be having to turn away players now. So um, he called it a major upgrade of support in, in quotes. So um, he was he was absolutely giddy when he, yeah, was, he was when he was when he was talking about the recruiting and how it'll change because you're right I mean you 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 look at that his, his footprint and he talked about it um, California and then he said Utah Arizona Texas so that's mm-hmm. I mean California and Texas that's how we were good under Sunny and even look at you know Coach Fairchild you know Steve pulled out a ton of kids from Texas. That helped with that transition when Jim McElwain came in and McElwain worked hard in, in California, got, you know, Nick Stevens, probably our most underrated uh, receiver in, in or quarterback in CSU history, Hollywood Higgins out of, out of Texas, you know, and then Mike Bobo and Steve Dazio went completely away from that. We weren't in our footprint. We weren't getting those kids from California. We weren't getting those kids from Texas. And you know what? That's why San Diego State surpassed us. That's why Nevada surpassed, surpassed us. That's why we can't catch up with Boise State because we weren't getting those kids here. And just to hear him come out and say all that and, and to look at his recruiting classes from the last few years, that's where we need to be at. And, and it makes me excited for who he's going to be going after and who he's going to be bringing in. Well, you and I both – Talk to former issue athletes that are now coaches, college or high school coaches in Cali, and they're all beating their heads against the wall. Like, why aren't these coaches contacting us and using the resources that we have? I mean, I talked to Garrett Sand, who's who coaches in in SoCal, and like several others that we know, he's 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 losing his mind. And you know, that when especially when he's got players that are all conference, all Mountain West conference players that are going to the likes of Wyoming, you know, and we, and we don't even give them a sniff. So it is a great sign that we're going to be getting back to those roots. Um, those were the roots, like you said, that were key in Sonny's tenure. They were the, the ingredients for success. We just had, you know, and you're not on the other side of the country. You're, you're a, an hour and a half, two hour flight away from home when, when you can go home. Right. And um, it, there's less homesickness and, you know, I, I loved hearing that that they do they already recruit Colorado, um, which is good. So he already has existing relationships here. You know, as as he as you said, and he said Washington, Oregon, Arizona, and he said there's several coaches from Texas on his staff. He coached there himself, or he recruited there himself when he was at Oklahoma and at Texas. So he knows, and those guys know the state and the coaches. They said they're going to hit that hard. He said they'll go wherever there there are players and wherever they have a connection across the country. So, um, but he did say that the the West Coast is their primary footprint. So I love it. Curious, did did you catch this? He uh, someone asked him if he plans to be the play caller, and uh, he said that he's basically done it 
in various facets of his coaching career. Um, he w- he said he would do it again. He's going to do it again at CSU. He's a play caller. That's what he does. We, we all kind of pointed at that with Bobo, that that was not a good trait for him. And he, he seemed to bury his head in the playbook and during games and didn't really engage other parts of the team. And he really needed a leader, but that was a, in my opinion, I'm going to get yours, but in my opinion, that's a little different because Bobo had never been a head coach before, right? He's going from only calling plays to now having to be a CEO of the entire program during a game. Um, Jay Norvell has done this now for five years as a, a, a head coach, in addition to doing it as an offensive coordinator in other, in other jobs. So um, I am less concerned about that. Um, you know, it's all going to hinge also on who you bring in and who these coaches able to, to hold a special teams unit from running on the field when they're not supposed to, you know, if you've got a, if you've got a capable coaches, you know, while you're calling plays then no big deal. I think he's got more experience to do it uh, than Bobo did for sure. Well, that was, <laughs> I mean, that was what I was getting ready to uh, bring up. He does have, or he did have a special teams coordinator as well as another special teams assistant at Nevada. Mike Bobo didn't. Steve Adazio didn't. And Mike Bobo called the plays. I'm pretty certain that Steve Adazio had his hand in the play calling a lot the last two years. I don't think you go through that many offensive coordinators in your head coaching career if you don't have your hands in involved and in, in kind of push them out because you want, you want the main play calling control. That said, you're right. This is, this does feel different. I know that uh, his offensive coordinator called some of the plays and he kind of took it, took it from him, but his off- offensive coordinator didn't leave. He stayed there. And most likely he's going to be coming here. Um, and I'm excited about that. But then he doesn't have to worry about, oh, I mean, what you said. Are the kids going to run out on the field now to kick a field goal because I don't have a special teams coach and that's kind of my role? You look at all the times special teams cost us under Mike Bobo as well. He doesn't have to worry about that. It it seems, and, and again, looking at his staff, that he does a great job delegating. And, and you look at what they've done at, at Nevada since he, he since he's been there the last five seasons, it, it's proven on the field. A hey, quick pause. Mighty River Brewing Company has 15 beers on tap. They're releasing their new barrel aged series called From the Deep. It features English old ale. And Mike, don't be confused. It's not old English 40 ounce ale. All right. But <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but uh, this beer is aged in old elk bourbon barrels. It'll be released on uh, December 15th. They're really excited about this. It'll be available in draft and as well as in four-pack cans. Mighty River's got pizza vino next door, plus food trucks regularly throughout the week, live music. Stop in, say hi to Dan Miller. He is ecstatic about uh, the new direction of CSU football, and he's excited to to celebrate with some beers with you there in the brewery. So uh, he's a longtime Ram Nation, great Ram fan. Show Ram Nation on your phone and get a dollar off your beers. Support these guys. They got a great business and great beer. All right, Michael. Um, one other thing that uh, Coach Norvell said was he expects to win and says that this team is not far away. He expects to win next year. So, um, well, you know, they are this close. I mean, they're this close. He did say that they 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 played a lot of close games. Um, I do think that he 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 did kind of hint. I got this the the 
the feeling that he kind of addressed in a subtle way the 52 to 10 beat down. He basically he brought this up multiple times, but he says we got to work on our reaction to things when they go bad because how you how you react to them, you know, defines who you are. He said that's what our kids, meaning his new his new team, has to understand. He's basically, I mean, the way the way I interpreted it was that our team. They're front runners, man. We, we, we play well when things are going well, right? And we we can build on that momentum. But once something goes bad, that's when we will. And you saw that a lot. We you didn't see us. Um, I think there was a couple of times we had a we mounted some sort of a decent comeback. Um, there were a couple couple pretty impressive ones, but too many times. And then we certainly saw it against Nevada is that when things went bad there, they just season's over, we fold. So um, well, I think that's the reflection of your head coach. Because he quit. He, he, he left. <laughs> yes. But you, you look at every – those post-game press conferences or the money press conferences, anytime that he was asked something hard, he deflected everything. You know, it was never, it was never me. You know, it, you know, we had this excuse. We had that excuse. We had something. But the kids pick up on that. So when, when something is going hard – you saw on the sidelines where, where he was getting mad, whether he was yelling at a, an assistant, a player, the officials. The kids know that. The players know that. Think about how many years you played athletics. Think about all those coaches, those ones that were level-headed, the ones that if something bad happened, kid dropped a – had an error, you know, since, since you were a baseball legend at Cherry Creek High School. I mean, you know this, like those coaches that get mad, they throw their hat down, they start screaming, or the ones that try to teach that kid when they come off the sidelines. All right. Who, which, which, which coach won more? Right. We all know those answers. Okay. And, and again, like that was a reflection of whenever he's pissed off and he's slamming things and yelling, things are going bad. The team goes bad. You no, know, McElwain could yell it with the best of them. We saw that. We saw that at, at CSU. I mean, there was that video in Florida. You do the same when he just was bright red and just screaming at a kid that is coming off the field. Thing with him, though, he would yell at you. He'd scream at you. He would make you feel like crap. And then 30 seconds later, he was calm again, and he started teaching you what you did wrong. You know, a bunch of parents, I, I tailgated with, used to tailgate with a bunch of the players' parents that played for both McElwain and, and uh, Mike Bobo. And they all said that McElwain was an a-hole, but as soon as he was done being an a-hole, he was going to teach you. He was going to teach you what you did wrong so you didn't make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. said that Bobo was just an a-hole. <laughs> You know, because Bobo would yell and he would get mad, and then that was it. He would yell and be mad still. You know, and, and, and I think, again, you look at the differences between the teams, which coaches win, which coaches don't. Who might be coming with him? I know he mentioned in his press conference that several, in quotes, um, would be coming, several offensive coaches would be coming with him. I think it's probably a, a decent bet that Matt Mummy is coming, their current offensive coordinator, because he right before we started recording, he tweeted that he was basically a goodbye to uh, 
to Nevada and how great his time was there. And um, at least one person in the responses, the, the comments uh, that wished him well in, in his journey to Fort Collins. So um, we haven't heard anything definitively either way there, but that seems like a pretty good possibility. And then, um, you know, what players might, might come along? Uh, obviously he said Carson Strong is going to the NFL, but um, there's this redshirt freshman that he would have uh, quarterback Clay Millen who's a four-star quarterback, had some great, uh, some nice offers, including from CU out of high school, decided to go play in the, um, the air raid offense under Jay Norvell. So that's, that's, um, that's a definite possibility. I think the Fort Collins, Colorado and cited sources yesterday that he and others may be coming to CSU. So um, that is one way to, to quickly repair what's a pretty thin roster at CSU right now. Well, I know that um, it, it seems like the offensive line coach will be coming here and, and also the strength and conditioning coach, so which are two hires that I'm very excited about. I don't think our, our offensive line gelled at all over the last two years. I thought they underperformed, especially – I mean, we got some some kids that I thought, yeah, that should that should have done better. Um, just didn't seem like they were taught correctly. And and with this new strength and conditioning coach, kind of has a different approach to to fitness. Uh, a lot more about flexibility and endurance as a pull as opposed to just bulking up. So I'm excited about those. Talking about the players. Talking about the players. If you if you hadn't noticed their top their top recruit, uh, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, yeah, uh, the quarterback just decommitted this morning from yep. from Nevada, three star guy from Texas. Yep, and then the two receivers from Inglewood, California, um, they both received offers from CSU last night, and. Uh, that's Justice Ross Simmons and then uh, Lewis Brown. So you're talking about Nevada's top three, <laughs> top three recruits. One's already gone. There's a possibility that, that there's going to be two more. There is a big lineman, uh, first team, all uh, first team, all conference, Jeffco. Last year, 2020, first team, all state in Aaron Karras, who, um, is committed to Nevada. He committed in late October. You got to wonder, you know, especially since his brother's down at the Academy, if that's a player that we could flip. And then, you know, there's a lot of speculation on, on Millen, Hugh Millen's son, former Broncos quarterback from the uh, early nineties, a backup to, to John Elway, I believe mm -hmm. about him transferring. Mm -hmm. So, he talked about it, you know, he said it, he said it, the portal's not a way to really build unless you have those relations, those prior relationships with, with a player. So I don't know if that was uh, his hint that, yeah, you know, we might be seeing some kids coming in the portal that I, that I know very well. Yeah. You know, it would be, it would be great. You know, you're looking at a Nevada team that just lost their head coach. Looks like they're losing a lot of their offensive staff. Lost their three best players uh, to graduation or to the NFL. <laughs> you know, there's – for some of these younger kids, 
who attached to Coach Norvell, yeah, Fort Collins isn't a bad place to land. That's for sure. I'm so okay. So now on the flip side of that, did you get the sense now? <laughs> I think we all kind of almost cringed. I know I almost cringed, and I don't think in remotely that Coach Norvell was meaning this to be this way, but he started talking about quarterbacks and what he looks into uh, looks in as a he looks for in a quarterback. And first thing he says was smarts. And uh, then he said, big arm. And then he said, accuracy. And uh, he followed that up. I thought he was going to follow it up with like, and that's no indictment on anybody we have on the roster now or anything that we've seen on the field, but he followed it up with, I know that for me, there's nothing more frustrating than when a quarterback can't hit his targets on the field. So I think no matter what, how, what his intentions were there, I think all of us were just looking back at, at this last fall going, well, that was, that was a yeah. big part of our, our problem. Um, and I don't, I, I felt bad because I, I hope Todd didn't take it that way. I'm sure that wasn't targeting him. I think he was just talking in general terms, but um, I'm sure the entire fan base was like, Ooh, it's a shot. at But that being said, I mean, but you could, you could go back again. He's been there for five years at Nevada. He has played us for those years. Correct. He or has it been every season. No, nah, I think he's played three. I can pull that up. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. So he's got a lot of films. So he has seen Colin Hill. He has seen POB and he has seen Toddy. So he's got a lot of film on that. And you look, I mean, say what you want to. There's been a lot of mispasses. There's been a lot of receivers and tight ends open Mm -hmm. that we didn't hit. There's been a lot of staring down at your only target and then trying to throw it into triple coverage. And that's, that's not just this season. So it's not, like you said, it's not anything on, on Toddy. That's been something that CSU's been dealing with since Nick Stevens graduated. Right. Todd had tweeted, I think it was yesterday after this all broke, and he said he tweeted at, at Coach Norvell and said, hey, welcome, excited to get started. You know, And uh, that would certainly be someone who would consider transferring if, in fact, these guys, the, the, the redshirt freshman, Millen, come over and or the the you know the guy from texas the the incoming recruit so um you know we still have mcnamara who who knows what he's thinking right now but you would think that for a a quarterback with a with a good arm this is a great opportunity for you um i don't know about evan olays doesn't seem like a a guy that's right for this offense maybe valecki is i don't know he's coming off of a torn knee so you know who knows who knows who'd be leaving there but any anybody else you would think that a Dante Wright would would thrive here I know that coach said that they're looking for big bodied receivers you know tall guys uh but you know it doesn't mean that there's not a spot for a slot guy or whatever with Dante Wright he's a speed merchant so um he's great great receiver so I but I wouldn't imagine a, a Dante would leave right now do you no I mean I mean you said it yourself you know, uh, you put a kid like him in the slot, man, he's, he'll just destroy teams underneath. I mean, there's so many things that he does. He does so well that a good coach is going to find creative ways to get it in his hands. I mean, say all you want about Mike Bobo. That was one thing he did with Dante. He, yeah. would, get, he would get the ball out of the backfield. He would get it a quick screen, you know, something underneath. And going deep, he was all over the place. 
And that's why, I mean, that's why he's an All-American as a freshman, a freshman All-American. You, you, you got a real, I mean, and I guarantee he knows this too. You look at what, I mean, like you said, he's got wide receivers that are going to the senior bowl right now. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you, you would think that, yeah, this is something that he's going to be excited about. And it's something that I'm excited about. And, you know, we got McCulloch, we got EJ Scott, somebody asking, hey, you know, we going to be able to talk EJ Scott into, into staying one more year. And he just gave those like big eyes, like, and this is obviously on social media, like, yeah, this is definitely going to be something that I'm going to look at, mm-hmm. you know? And, and again, we, and we got, we got Williams back at, at tight end. We got a lot of offensive. We got an off, a lot of offensive firepower. Maybe you could use is Jordan Cress. What, what year is he going to be? He he was a non-factor this year. Maybe he yeah. would, maybe he would be a someone who could thrive in this kind of offense, you know. And I think this was his was his senior year, even with COVID. Yes, yes. Oh. I I don't think that he had that. I think that's why he he transferred out for his final season, kind of like kind of like uh, Chandler uh, Jacobs on on the basketball team. Yeah, but it, I, I mean. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think there's some talent, and, and then you bring in some of these r- wide receivers that he likes, you know. And one thing he talked about it when he when somebody asked him about his book, his wide receiver book that he wrote, he's like, wide receivers come in all shapes and sizes. Some are tall, some are short, some are fast, some mm-hmm. are possession. Always a good way to say slow, <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that we have some offensive talent. I think that's obviously the money is good. <laughs> it is amazing. But I think that he recognized that there is some talent. And sh- maybe Adagio wasn't, <laughs> you know, wasn't just feeding us full of crap whenever he said that we were this close and that all these other coaches told him, <laughs> you know, that we got talent. Yeah. I liked how he talked about, you know, getting five receivers on the field at once and a running back. And, um, yeah, he's really going to have to hit, hit the recruiting trail hard, hit the portal hard. He's talked to how, how we need skilled players and we want big ones and wants big bodied receivers. And they, he wants all five of them to, uh, on the play on the field, able to make plays. So I love that. I'm, I'm excited about the offense. Um, obviously defense is going to be a question and we lose some key pieces on defense for sure. And, uh, unknown on what what route they would go with a, a defensive coordinator but that's a crucial hire hopefully there is a a uh, budget for the you know to go out and get a, a really good defensive coordinator he talked about how that's the other piece of it you know having a, a, an explosive offense that defenses um have to respect right but the other set the other piece of it was we want championship defenses so um he didn't necessarily have that at nevada that i ever saw in his five years there but um, hopefully with the resources here at a, to go get a, to go get a, a top-notch defensive coordinator and really hit the recruiting hard there. That, that'll be a difference maker. But um, so just, I guess, um, last thing for me, Mike, is what do you think, what, what are your expectations now for next year? I Going into this offseason, I was telling myself, I prepare for to be very disinterested in college football next year, two, three wins tops. Um now with this newfound enthusiasm with the coach, with this new style of play, you know, does that translate into 
three extra wins, five, six, seven wins? Can we go to a bowl game? You know, the way the Mountain West is set up, there is zero reason why CSU shouldn't have six-plus wins. Does it make you sick that Wyoming is in a bowl game at six and six as bad as – they had such a bad, lackluster season. Hawaii's in a bowl. Hawaii's in a bowl. It's insane. It is insane. Right. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's set up for for a mediocre team to get to a bowl game, much less, you know. So you you hope so, but uh, yeah. What what's realistic though with this with this current squad? I think two and two, non conference. I think we beat Sac State. I think we beat Middle Tennessee State, both at home. You know, our our head coach is on a one game winning streak at Canvas Stadium. So I think that's going to continue with those first two home games. And then you got to think who, who do we have at home next year? We have Wyoming at home. It's an ugly we, schedule. Uh, yeah. We have Wyoming at home. We have Hawaii at home. Hawaii. Utah State at home. The Mountain West, you should always be able to get three wins, <laughs> if not four. You should – an average team should go four and four in the Mountain West. Yeah. Just plain and simple. And so – I see no reason why we can't get six wins next year. Well, and it all, it, a lot of it hinges on what happens here and then, you know, the crunch time of recruiting and, and uh, what they can do with the, the portal and who comes over from, from his current squad. I mean, that, that, that could escalate the, the time frame drastically, I think. So, and then the other piece of it is, can he meld it all together in that short of time and, you know, get buy-in from the holdovers um, piece together, all of the different personalities that are coming from different backgrounds and different situations in their career um, to one team and get them to play together uh, under an entirely new scheme that the, the holdover guys are not used to. Right. So you're going to be fitting some round pegs into square holes a little bit in certain, certain spots. So it'll take a, a, a tall order. I mean, he's got a, he's got a tall task ahead of him to, to make it work, but man, I, I think he's got the right foundation. I think he's the right kind of leader and um, quality human being. That's that I'm excited about that. And it, it's a guy that kind of like Nico that you're going to be able to, to rally around. I think the, it's a, the community is going to be proud of the program once again and proud of the leadership. So at least that's, you know, after one press conference uh, and everything that I've read about him and, and, the things that the media in Reno have said about him, you know, there's, they're, they're going to miss him. So um, that's, that's one of the things that's just impressed me so much is you look at his current players. You look at, I, I've, I've seen a lot of tweets, sorry, his former players at Nevada. I've seen parents of players at Nevada all saying, coach, we're going to miss you. We understand there's not like, there's not this vitriol from former players like we saw on this last hire, you know, there's and not fans and, 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 and their fans. fans were like, you guys are dumb. <laughs> what were you thinking? The, I mean, you know, it happened with like, Bobo too. Everybody in Georgia was like, God, we've been hoping that they were, he was going to get fired. And yeah. really the only one that was pumping him up was Rick. And then with Adazio was urban Meyer. And now, I mean, how many, how many, Coaches, I mean, the Bengals head coach, Bob Soups, Barry Alvarez. I mean, they're all out there. Former players of his, you know, former guys that he coached with. 
I mean that that piece in the uh, in the Reno newspaper that was pretty telling. Where he it wasn't he wasn't knocking at me, wasn't calling him a carpetbagger, anything like that. It was like, yeah, we're gonna miss him. You know, we're gonna miss him here. I mean, that's something what we didn't see the last two hires. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, I'm I'm enthused. I'm excited again. I've got hope, and I, as we said earlier, I've I haven't seen the fan base this united in a long time, which is half the battle. So, I think there's good things to come. Obviously, that's going to be really interesting, and to see what what he's able to do in this uh, early signing period, probably pretty dang short order. But there's guys that he said that were blasting his phone during the press conference because my phone's going off as we speak, you know, so the recruits recruits are on the horn and there's a lot of moving parts, but I, I, at least the direction of CSU football is looking up drastically. Kudos to Joe Parker. Kudos to Joyce McConnell. It's good to be a Ram again, buddy. It is. It's been a good weekend. It has been a good weekend. Yep. And we got hoops coming up. You're going to, to Alabama here in what, a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm going to – well, I'll be I'll be in Dallas for the Tulsa game. So you're going to the Tulsa game. I land on week. Monday, the 20th, at like 7.30, and then I get back on a flight at 11.30 to fly to Birmingham to go to the, the Bama CSU game there. Fantastic. So. Fantastic. That is going to be awesome. So we'll have to get a report from you on that. That's uh, Rams are 9-0. and going to play uh some some big games mississippi state this saturday then tulsa and then alabama in birmingham yeah yeah you know i watched i watched some of that minnesota mississippi state game last week i think it was on sunday or monday and and i like the way that we match up with them you know it, it 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 wasn't you know, a team that was, you know, long and really long and athletic that we kind of had trouble with last year. Yeah. I like our chances on Saturday. I'm excited about that Mississippi state game. Well, before we go, want to remind you, go to ginger and Baker. Gosh, you could go have a real festive meal there during the holidays here. It'll be your favorite place in all of Fort Collins. I love the food and the drinks, the atmosphere, the cafe restaurant. I will be there this Friday with my daughter, uh, actually, probably Thursday night, we're going to go there and stay up there. And she's going to do her college tour on Friday. That's going to be great. We love the food there. The cash restaurant is for a little more uh, fancy dining, steaks, chops, fresh fish. I cannot recommend this place enough. The gift shop has got great gifts for the holidays. Check it out. It is an awesome, awesome place. Ginger Graham is one of my favorite people. And this is one of my favorite restaurants in all of Fort Collins. All right, Michael, thank you for your time, for squeezing us in today. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Really excited about the news, and it is good to be a Ram once again. Have a great rest of your week. Go Rams. Go Rams. Go Rams.